I'm Shanna Covey, creator and host of Always Shine Brightly. I named this podcast Always Shine Brightly because I believe that is what we are each here to do. And in times where we feel we're not shining bright, I feel it's still our purpose to work through and shift whatever is dimming our light. In this podcast, I'm speaking with guests who I see as bright lights in the world despite any struggles they may have gone through. The more of us who do this, the better the world becomes. Join us on this shared mission to make the world a brighter place. All right. I am happy to be back on the podcast with today's guest, Jennifer O'Neill with Luminous Wellness with Jennifer.com. And you also have a podcast, which I'll give a little description of. Well, first, welcome. Thanks for coming Thank on the you. podcast. <laughs> so you've cr- recently created a podcast which offers a safe space to discuss body image, binge and emotional eating, weight loss, exercise, and fal- finding the balanced middle ground between diet culture and anti-diet culture. I can't wait to jump into all this because I think <laughs> that so many people can benefit from the message that you're carrying i know that your specific niche is the relationship to your body as well as eating as well as exercise and what i think is really cool about having guests on my podcast is this is an area that i really don't focus on in my own work so i love that i can bring a guest on like yourself who has this passion and this expertise to offer our shared audience because I think that what you're focused on is such a huge thing. I don't know. I don't want to say issue, but it's such a, it's a, such a huge thing for women in general. I know men and women, but specifically you're focusing on women. And I think that with the knowledge that you have to share today on the podcast and in your work, that it's going to help offer a new perspective from, for people to come from in their particular relationship in these areas. I think like so many people struggle with, loving themselves and then that comes out in in the approach to trying to lose weight trying to look a certain way trying to find happiness through that so maybe where we start well first let me just say how we got connected i'll give a little shout out to my dear friend our mutual friend lindsey perry who is in the dc area with you and she's the one who connected us so i'm happy to be chatting today and um, offering your knowledge from the dc area so again maybe where we start is Jumping into like, where did your passion come from? If you want to offer a bit of the background of of your story and now where it's led to this passion of being a messenger of this information. Yeah, for sure. I'll try to keep it as short as possible because I could go on with this forever. But basically, I grew up like I was like a regular sized child, I guess. I don't know how else to word it. And then I gained a bunch of weight when I was like around five or six years old. And I don't know whether it was like just normal growing up or whether it was actually weight gain because I have a hormonal condition called polycystic ovarian syndrome and weight gain is one of the symptoms of it. Not every woman who has PCOS is affected by it. So I don't know if it was an early, um, I don't want to say onset of it because I don't know if you can get it that young, but like maybe my, who knows? So regardless, my mom was concerned and took me to the doctor and basically I was told to be put on a diet like at six years old. Mm. And I remember taking certain pills. I don't know what kind of medicine it was. But I would say that I started at a very young age struggling with body image because I knew that I was different than the other little girls. 
Um, and I know my mom was trying to do the best that she could for me. And, but she would also make comments about like, Oh, isn't that little girl so pretty or isn't this? And like, I would think, well, what, like, what's wrong with me? Like, what am I not like pretty enough or whatever? And it also goes to show like how much value we place on looks and things like that. And so I, I was always on diets and always struggling and looking back, I was probably an average size. Um, but because of like the images I would see portrayed in the media of women with flat stomachs and being really small and I would go to, you know, um, shopping and try on things and things wouldn't fit and I would get frustrated and upset with myself and I would get mad because I had stomach rolls and I didn't have a flat stomach so I thought that there was something wrong with me and I also you know would see girls getting into relationships with guys and I would think oh well guys don't like me because I'm bigger and so I always had this struggle and I reached my highest weight in college at 220 pounds and I'm not saying that like there's anything wrong with anybody weighing that it's like it's very hard sometimes to talk about weight um from a neutral position because it is so charged but for me that was not my healthy weight and I was not treating myself with kindness and with love and so I got you know I went to the gym and I had a trainer and I did uh like I ate lean cuisines and subway sandwiches which probably isn't the best but it's it kind of like got me started on that journey and it's been a roller coaster since then and through my own journey of battling with my body and with binge and emotional eating and like, I would never exercise. Like I wasn't the person that would exercise for hours and under eat. I was a person who would eat so much and then I would feel disgusting and gross and hate my body so much that I'd be like, well, what's the point of even exercising? Or if I exercise, like I'm just going to do it to lose weight. And what's what, when we mentioned diet culture, diet culture teaches you like, oh, well go on this diet or do this thing. And you're going to lose all this weight overnight, which is not realistic or sustainable, but that's for some reason that's ingrained in us. And so I would get on the scale and after working out for like a day or two and, you know, trying to be good, quote unquote, and trying to eat perfectly, which is a whole other thing I want to teach people. Like you don't have to be perfect in order to see results. But since I didn't know any better, I would get on the scale and I'd be like, oh my gosh, the scale stays the same or it went up. Like F this, I'm yeah. not even going to bother. I'm just going to eat everything inside all over again and not even exercise and not do anything. And so I had to learn how to find my balance and how to find what worked for me and how to let go of the binge emotional eating. And I got into studying Course in Miracles, which I briefly mentioned to you, but that mm -hmm. is all about shifting your perception from ego-based thinking to more loving based system. And I noticed that through studying that my mindset gradually began to shift to a point where like, now I can look at my body and see it neutrally. Like I don't love my stomach rolls. And that's like a whole other thing with the whole anti-diet culture, body positive movement is like, you just need to love yourself 24 seven. And I'm like, you can choose to love yourself without necessarily loving everything about your body, which I think is something that people need to hear mm -hmm. because I've heard women tell me like, well, I feel guilty because I don't love my body 24 seven. And I'm like, I don't love my body 24 seven. I don't love my rules, but I don't mean, make them mean anything about me. Right. I have stretch marks. I don't make them mean anything. I have cellulite. I don't care. Like I'm naturally curvy. I accept that. But I also believe that, it, you know, it's important to treat ourselves with kindness and to eat well and to take care of our bodies and to work out. And if you want to change your body, do it, but do it from a loving mindset. Don't do it from a place which is what I was chasing happiness and trying to be thin and thinking like, oh, well, when I lose weight, then I'll be happy. Then I'll get the guy. Yeah. Then like, my life will be magical. Yeah. And I have to learn the hard way that that's not the way that it is. But I also like when I say like anti-diet culture, like that has gone to another extreme where it's just like, you know, fuck diet culture, like don't work out. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm no, allowed to that's all right. I'll just put a little <laughs> E on it. <laughs> it's no problem. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's, you know, that kind of, and it's just like, eat whatever you want. Like who cares? Like don't exercise, don't do anything. And because that's diet culture. And it's just like, 
that is not diet culture. It is, yeah. I want to teach women like how to find, how to identify what is diet culture, but how to find like a balanced approach right. to nutrition and exercise so that you're living in your happiest, healthiest sure. life and your happiest, healthiest body and what is best for you. And it's going to look yeah. different for everyone. Well, let's, um, let's jump into a few things as you, you mentioned a ton of key things in there that we can go into. And I love it. I love that. I love that, you know, so many people that are messengers of particular information, it is because it comes from our personal story and we're using our personal journey to turn around and offer what we learned with others, which I love that that's what you're doing. I think one of the key points that I always want to drive home is the idea of where we're coming from in our relationship to anything and that seems to be a super key point in your approach and what you want to teach others is where are you coming from? Are you coming from this place of self-love? Are you coming from this place of punishment or judgment, mm-hmm. self-hate, that kind of thing? And I love that you said that that shift in mindset came from A Course in Miracles. So yeah. I, I love that because we obviously have that shared foundation and that that book will you know shift anyone's mindset about where we're coming from and... So let's so like, I just don't want that to be like this one little line of like change where we're coming from. And then it goes over people's heads. <laughs> so what kind of like dive into the journey for for yourself? Was it just like, um, like you like the first time you heard it, like about where you're coming from? Or how did that shift start to occur for you and in, in, in your relationship to your body, choosing what you ate, and then exercise as well? I think it was just really important to I started to witness my habits and to notice what, what kind of behaviors I was doing. So if I found myself binging, I was aware that I was binging and I, and I kind of like would stop myself and be like, okay, like Jennifer, why are you choosing to binge right now? Like, what are you, what are you upset about? Like what is causing you Mm -hmm. to go and this food instead of processing your emotions? And there would be times when I'd be like, oh, I know that I'm binging, but I don't really care. I'm just going to go and do it anyway. And instead of judging myself for it, I just started to be like witness, just to be mm-hmm. like, and of course, Miracles talks about this, about being the non-judgmental witness of your behavior. And I'm not going to say that like I didn't judge myself right away. It was a process, sure. but it about learning to to watch that and to observe and to be like, okay, well, what's really going on here? And if I did binge, it'd be like, okay, well, I just did that, but I'm not going to make myself feel wrong or bad mm-hmm. or guilty for doing that. But at the same time, I also know that's not like the most loving thing that I could do for myself. And why am I not choosing to be loving towards myself and digging deeper and seeing like what's really going on underneath there? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I using this as a form of punishment? And that's something that I I haven't heard often either is using food as a source of punishment. Mm -hmm. Because you hear a lot about how women like won't eat to punish themselves. Mm -hmm. There are people who will overeat to punish themselves because you eat so much, you just don't feel good in your body. And I would notice like if I started to lose some weight and to be healthier that I would deep down think that I wasn't good enough to look or feel good. So I would somehow self-sabotage my my progress by going back to my old behaviors. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to think like, okay, well, what's really going on here? Like, why do I think that I don't deserve to look or feel good? Like what's happening here? So it was just becoming like aware of what was happening and just like, you know, witnessing it over and over again until I started to notice that like my mindset shifted and it just, I started to come to this place where I found like, I, I found soul cycle and I love to go to spin classes. And I was like, Oh, I actually genuinely enjoy this. I'm not doing it because I hate myself or because I need to like 
you know, go crazy on a spin bike. It's like, I, I go for fun. Mm-hmm. And that was like a huge shift for me. Um, and like right now I'm focusing on strength training because I know that cardio alone isn't what's best for me. And like, do I love doing strength training all the time? No, but I also know that I love to feel strong and powerful mm-hmm. and to feel good on my body. And so I'm doing what's best for me. So I, that's how I would say like the shift started to happen, which is like watching myself and, and learning from what it is I, that I was doing. I think that's, that's so powerful for people to hear because so often people just know they want to make a change, but they don't even understand why they have the habits in place that they do. Mm-hmm. They don't understand why they self-sabotage. They don't understand, you know, the, the deeper rooted emotions that are going on. They don't even understand that this connects to a core level of worthiness on just right. from what you've picked up in society as, oh, though, you know, the people that look a certain way must have it easier, must be happy, exactly. whatever. And so I love that you did the self inquiry and you had this inquiry going on an ongoing thing to keep lifting up and pulling back the layers to get to the root of like, oh, because that's I mean, that's the whole thing, of course, in miracles is teaching us is that typically we're coming from an incorrect root. We're coming from a root of lack and we're coming from, exactly. and that root of lack is projecting onto the screen of life in this, in this way of absorbing that, Oh, my, my body doesn't fit this image. So that means I should, I'm lacking in some way and, and unworthy in some way. And I think that this information is so needed because I don't think people quite understand that. I think we're in the big transitional phase phase. I believe we're in a collective awakening and I believe that this information coming through you and in, in the in the particular niche that it's coming through and then coming through me and the way it's coming through and so many others, this is what's helping to create this collective awakening, which is ultimately waking up to our own wholeness, our own worthiness and making decisions from that place of worthiness where you're coming from a place of overflow instead of a place of lack. So I love like, and just listening to, I listened to a handful of episodes from your podcast, which I encourage people to check out again. It is free, uh, free yourself from body prison. (laughs) So people look that up and check it out. And you really come back to this place of you might not always phrase it this way, but it's essentially it's like, where are you coming from in your choice? And right. something else that I've learned in your podcast, because again, I don't spend a lot of time in this type of information. So I had no idea about the anti-diet culture and the diet culture, but I'm not surprised by it, given how everything in society is so polarized. <laughs> so I feel like you can't get anywhere without something being polarized. And I feel yes. like you're you're navigating that, that lane between of people in this one group who are, you know, b- still believe in diet culture or coming from it from, like you said, from growing up in the 80s and 90s where that was a thing. And then to this anti-diet culture, which has swung the complete opposite way, which is like being such acceptance of yourself that even the, the idea of wanting to change is like negating acceptance. I think that is exactly. such a twisted, funny idea. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. I, I can't even, I was like, oh my God, like I didn't even realize this minefield that is out there for people to <laughs> walk through and, and you're walking through it. So maybe if you could kind of like share a bit about like, what's the, what is diet culture what's anti-diet culture and let's help us navigate this to where like for me it's just like when I listen to stuff like like this where there's like these polarizing views rather it's in in the health industry or something totally different in the political scheme I'm like really it's about coming back to our own 
sovereignty and knowing what's right for us. And I feel like that's a big yeah. teaching point that you have is what's right for you. And when you're super sovereign in your being, you can make a choice without being deterred by the noise of this one group having this one feeling or this other group having a totally different feeling. But for a lot of people, there's still the leaning of like, oh, they're going to say this and then they're going to say right. that. So if you can just speak into kind of navigating those those polarized positions. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it's just interesting because I found myself, I think, as I veered away from diet culture and wanting to learn more about how to care for myself, this whole anti-diet movement, like I've been following this for a while now. And it's, it's interesting that you say like you hadn't heard of it because sometimes I talk about it on my Instagram and then I've had people be like, what are you talking about exactly? Cause I don't encounter that, but I think it's because I'm so in this world mm -hmm. um, that I have witnessed it. And I have seen things like I, so let me start with diet culture. So diet culture is basically like, you know, you'll see things that say like drink this detox tea and you lose 10 pounds in a week or drink this or take this, this fat burning pill. And or like near where I live, there's a weight loss center. And I walk by it and I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's nothing, like I don't believe there's anything wrong with losing weight again as you're coming at, from a place of love and acceptance. And you know that, you know, I'm not talking about starving yourself or there are people who are naturally at their weight and they don't they don't need to change. But for people who, are, who want to be healthier and want to make a shift, um, and I see this weight loss center and I'm like, you don't need to take these pills and supplements or whatever it is that they're selling you. Like all you have to do is eat healthy and exercise and let your body do the rest. But it's basically this, and this diet culture thing is just like, you know, selling people on shakes and slim teas and all these crazy diets that like Atkins and I mean, keto and like Weight Watchers. And I know for some people, those things serve them. So I'm not trying to say like, you know, you're bad or wrong if you do that. Like everybody, I believe that's also part of the journey as well. Like I never grew up doing Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig, but I did some of the other crazy diets, but that was a part of my phase. But you know, learning this process. Like I said, when I was, you know, in college and tried to lose weight, I was eating lean cuisines and subway because I didn't know any better. Right. I didn't know it. Um, but, but yeah, I like that you point out in your journey that that's just where you were and that's a part of right. your evolution. I like that. Right. And you shouldn't make yourself wrong for, for doing that. <laughs> Ultimately, like, it, do you really want to spend the rest of your life counting calories or counting points or feeling like, you know, diet culture will teach you like you have to cut out whole food groups and like if you're on a diet like you're like oh i'm trying to be good like that's language people mm -hmm. use i shouldn't be eating this or you know i want to lose weight oh that's that carb like carbs are bad i shouldn't be eating that that's all diet culture language that we don't realize mm -hmm. or i've seen things like you know you have to earn your food or do this marathon and you'll mm -hmm. you're earn your beer at the end like you don't have to earn anything in order to to you know be worthy of of having a donut or whatever. And it's also this idea that there are bad foods and they're quote unquote good foods. And so people believe like, you know, cake, cookies, donuts, whatever, they're all bad foods. And then like veggies are the good foods and they're more like they have to be bland or boring. And it's like the only difference is like some foods are more nutrient dense and some are less nutrient dense. Mm -hmm. And it's changing, I think, our awareness around that. And I still have to catch myself because I'll be like, oh, like, you know, I'm, I don't think like things like I'm being bad, although I used to think that like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm being bad. Cause it's like, and the whole cheat day thing too, that's part of diet culture. It's like, oh, well I'm cheating, mm -hmm. AKA I'm being bad. It's like, how can you be bad if you're just enjoying food? Like that's <laughs> not possible. And when you learn to have a more balanced approach and veer away from dieting, it's like, it's realizing that all the foods can fit, but making a good portion of your diet, like the more nutrient dense foods and maybe like 10 to 20%, some of the less nutrient dense foods. And for me, I had to learn when I was, 
being still like, oh, well, it's okay. I'm allowed to eat this because, you know, it's not bad, but it's like, but am I still like using this as a form of like, you know, overeating on like mm-hmm. less nutrient dense foods when I'm self-sabotaging. So that's like a whole other area. <laughs> and then the anti-diet culture is like, just eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And I think sometimes what they mean by that is like, give yourself permission to eat. But I've also seen things that are like, emotional eating is a form of self-care. And I'm like, not for me. Like that's, <laughs> that's not self-care for me. But I also think a lot of that anti-diet movement are people who, like I said, have come from the under-eating or anorexic. And so they were so like obsessed with having the quote-unquote perfect body that for them finding freedom has been around, you know, maybe not exercising or not being as diligent with their nutrition. Uh, but I have, yeah, it's just like this, there's this extreme where it's just like, you know, if you talk about weight loss or if you talk about wanting to change your body or you want to talk about doing more exercise or eating more nutrient-dense foods, like that people will attack you and be like, oh, well, that's, you're promoting diet culture. And like, mm-hmm. I had a friend who was in a beach body program and she was the modifier for them. And she lost, I think like 10 pounds, but just by like exercising and eating well. And um, my other friend who runs this big health account, yeah, it's, it's called Healthy as a New Skinny, if anybody wants to look it up, it's amazing. Um, but she runs healthy as new skinny and she posted our friends before and after people were like, I can't believe you're promoting diet culture. Like this is so wrong. And it's like, she just made healthier changes. And I think one of the other things that triggers people is like, if you show a before and after that, that's like wrong or bad. And it's like, look at the context within it, because for some people posting a before and after could be triggering. And it's again, like you were saying that the whole projection idea is like, what are you projecting onto that person? And you're saying like, Oh, well now I feel bad because you look this certain way. Now you're telling me that I don't look good enough. It's like, no, it's, it's just a before and after. And if you feel that way, you have to look within yourself and see what is it about this before and after that's triggering you. Mm-hmm. It's not that person. And so I think this anti-diet movement has kind of gone to like this extreme mm-hmm. point of view in some instances where it's just like, I found myself kind of following the advice a few years ago and being like, oh, well, I shouldn't want to like exercise or want to change my body. So I'm just going to accept myself as I am. And I've had other women message me too, that they did the same thing. And then they kept getting bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and like, like, cause they would just eat whatever. And then they were like, well, that's not a form of self-love. So how can mm-hmm. we find this balance in the middle where it doesn't have to be either one of these extremes. And even through that, like I learned, you know, cause I'll see stuff like the scale is the devil. The scale is bad. <laughs> it was wrong. And I'm like, Again, I had to learn the scale isn't wrong. It's my thoughts around the scale and what I'm choosing to project onto that number around the scale and what I'm making it mean. And I'm not saying any of this came overnight. I think sometimes like we think we have to like magically shift overnight. It's like, no, this took me years of practice. And I think sometimes people are like in such a rush, like, well, how long did it take you to lose weight? How long is it? It's like, well, the time is going to pass anyway. Yeah. What if we just focus on getting our mindset right and having grace with ourselves and taking it slowly and recognizing and so again like with the scale example like I finally was able like I'm at a place now where I can get on it and I can just like notice the number and like again like the number doesn't necessarily mean anything because sometimes you can start lifting weights or whatever and gain more weight but and when I know that like maybe I'm not being as aware of my food habits or I'm just like being careless I'll jump on the scale I'm like oh well that's interesting like okay my clothes haven't been fitting as well and like okay the number showing me this okay like now I know what I need to do in order to get to a healthier place but I'm not letting that number dictate anything about worthiness yeah I think I even heard you say it's like it's just information 
Exactly. Yeah. It's just data. That's all it's telling you. And I'm not, again, like I'm saying, like, I'm not expecting anyone who's listening to this to get on the scale and be like, oh my God, but she said that I shouldn't be triggered. And like, if you feel triggered by it, then that's what you need to notice. Like, right. Why are you feeling triggered? What are you making that mean? And like, how can you start to change your mindset so that it no longer bothers you to the point where that number defines your worth? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that that's so important because this really is about recognizing our own worth. I feel like our our journey is waking up to our own worthiness and however that looks and how we learn it, you know, and I think that you're a teacher of that with the message that you have and you're giving people the freedom to find what works for them by helping to maintain an alignment with worthiness, not mm-hmm. getting caught in a should or shouldn't a guilt or resentment, uh, you know, all the things that pull us out of worthiness. And that's where I think that your message is so important is to give people the freedom to find what works for them. And I, and, and just like you were saying about letting go of the idea that it has to ho- happen overnight, you mentioned right cultivating a healthy lifestyle like take the time to cultivate the healthy lifestyle and that's like looks like what's happened for you I think that this has been a a lifelong theme of like a relationship to your body probably has been a lifelong theme since it happened at six years old and at a certain point this theme catalyzed you to understand how to come into self-love and I don't know if it's when you read A Course in Miracles is what opened up that inquiry but now that you've shifted from you know from I'm sure there was like a before understanding it from that perspective and an after understanding it. And the before was a bit hellish, I'm sure of like, (laughs) (laughs) and so, and that's where I think a lot of people are is they haven't, they haven't been provided with this other view that offers like, Oh my goodness, like let's do the inquiry. Let's look into it and let's see where we can come from, from self-love. And I really feel like all these journeys are about, turning us inward and turning us onto our own wholeness and our own worthiness and however that's meant to happen for us. And I also think that like your, your middle ground is just like, you, you don't have to be polarized in any of this. You just have to look for what works for you and bettering yourself does not mean that you're not coming from a good place. I think that's a key point because so many people, a lot of people are trying to better themselves from a place of lack. And so the lack does need to be healed. But if you're in a place of like healing that lack and you still want to better yourself, there's nothing wrong with that. And I do see how these different mindset, these camps of people that have certain mindsets are getting wrapped around this idea. That's bad. That's not bad. Like it's easy to see how people, how the ego is getting wrapped around it. They're finding yeah. safety in something and then they're finding a group that agrees with that, that sense of safety and then they're projecting their opinion onto others through shame. So really this navigation comes back to our individual ownership of, of who we are and what we choose to, how we choose to live our life and what we choose to set up as, works, as what works for us and not worry about the camps of people who might like, try to disagree with it or call it out or you know it's just there's so much of that right now and I, I yeah, think and I feel like some of it is like they're project they like they have the, the diet culture mentality and now they've shifted to the other side and they're still projecting but it's mm-hmm. on the other yes, side it's, they yeah. haven't fully so like they think they've healed whatever it is that they've gone through but they haven't because they're still projecting and blaming yep. instead of and saying that's bad and that's wrong instead of I, I've learned how to come to it all from like a neutral position. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you're neutral, it's not as charged and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It just makes it mean something. So, yeah. 
I love that too. And, and you make that point and you made that point earlier about body neutrality versus body positivity. Can you talk about that? Cause I think body neutrality is a, is a new term for me. I'm not as familiar with it. And I love, I yeah. love the idea. I love the idea of neutrality. So <laughs> yeah, I well, initially again, I came from a course in miracles. I don't know. I can't remember. I think the exact lesson is like my body is a wholly neutral thing. Mm. And I'm not saying that it, it registered right away, but, um, I think, again, just through studying the course and just like from learning, like, you know, what, how, what's the purpose of how we're choosing to use our body? Are we using it for the purposes of the ego or fear and like seeking validation from others for the way that we look or the way that we act? Or are we choosing it from a place of, you know, love and where we're using it to serve others and to help and do whatever it is that we feel that we need to do in this world? And I feel like the body positivity, again, and that's been skewed as well. Like, I don't know a ton of the history, but I know that part of it, like it was started by black women and for people in marginalized bodies who felt like, and I agree with this part, which is like, you know, people who are in plus size bodies often aren't treated as well as people who are smaller and they get blamed for being like fat and lazy and all these, like they're called all these names, but even in learning about all this, like, I'm like, why are we making fat mean something Mm -hmm. bad? Mm -hmm. Why does it, like, how come skinny is okay? But like, if you're if someone calls someone fat, and I know like in our society, it's like, it's seen as bad or wrong, but like, what if we start to shift away from that meaning anything as well? Um, and I totally understand that part of the body positive movement because like I eat healthy and I treat myself well, I'm still curvy. Like I'm still, I'm not small. And so there's this idea in society that's like, oh, well, if you eat well and you exercise, then you're going to be small. And it's like, that's not necessarily the case. Like everybody has a different body type. And so there are people who are naturally bigger and that's just the way that, that it is. Right. But at the same time, again, like it comes back, like some of like the more, what the anti-diet culture movement has taken over with body positivity is like, again, like, Oh, well, if you want to change your body, you're wrong and it's Mm -hmm. bad and all this. And when you start to look at your body from a neutral position, then it's not as charged anymore. And it's like, it's like I said, I don't love everything about my body, but who says I have to love it as long as I'm coming it from a, like a more neutral place than like, and I'm not making it mean anything. Like I'm not making stretch marks mean anything. I'm not making cellulite mean anything. There's this other thing that I've seen that's like hip dips and like women like being upset because they have hip dips. And I'm like, what is even like, I don't understand what this is. And like, why are we fixating on these random little things and making them mean something like that's like the whole it's just like, what if we just didn't make it mean anything at all? Mm-hmm. And that's what body neutrality is because it's just like your body just is. It's not good or bad. It just mm-hmm. is. And I actually think that just to add one little thing about what you're saying, I actually think neutrality is an expression of love. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, from from the deeper sense, maybe not in like how the self-love movement talks about it, but in understanding A Course in Miracles, I would say neutrality is like accepting what is and that is an expression of love exactly right and then you just accept like i just accept my body for what it is it's not good it's not bad it's, it just is mm-hmm. um and so learning to look at it from that perspective instead of trying to be like i feel like with the body positive movement sometimes it's like trying to like force yourself to love your body 24 7 and it's like and then people feel guilty if they're out of exactly exactly (laughs) you could just come at it from acceptance and just be like okay and also being aware of like like i said i accept my body for what it is it doesn't mean that i can't choose to make changes and to get stronger and to like lose some body fat if that's what I want and like recently with my strength training I have been feeling like and like my clothes were a little bit tighter and I'm like I just wasn't feeling good Mm -hmm. and 
I wasn't like, oh, I hate my body. I love my body. It's just like, okay, it just is. I don't like how I'm feeling right now. I'm going to start doing this strength training. And like my, like I told my friend, I was like running across the street this morning and like my pants started to fall down. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, you know what I mean? But it's just like, I'm like seeing the results of the changes of what I'm doing, but I'm not doing it from a forceful place. It's just, mm-hmm. I'm just doing it from a place of wanting to be better for myself. And like, when you're in this more neutral position that you're not, again, not making it mean anything. I'm not like, Oh, I'm better now that I'm getting a little bit smaller. Like I wasn't worse off because I was like a little bit bigger. I just, I just, yeah. am, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. I think so much of this, of like what, where your focus can, it, maybe you're not using this wording, but I really think what is happening is like your, your shift, the neutrality is shifting from a total absorption into body consciousness to giving room for soul consciousness too yeah so you're just not 100 percent absorbed into thinking i am this body and when you see that as neutral then you're like oh i'm a soul i'm i'm much bigger than this and and i have an essence i have a you know so much more that's going on and this body is a tool that serves the soul and serves the mission whatever i'm here to do and i i really love that that is coming through in your work and going to help so many people as well to shift that because I think in our the reason we're having so many swings of like diet culture total swing to anti-diet culture and it's not just here it's a swing in a few generations ago we kids got hurt if they didn't win you know like win on the team so now we have a participation award it's like a massive swing like oh I was hurt as a child so now that I'm raising children I'm going to make sure no one feels hurt by not getting the award Mm -hmm. by everyone getting the award there actually wasn't a vertical shift it was a horizontal shift just like the body consciousness is just shifting from in the anti-diet culture to or from the diet culture to the anti-diet culture, it's on that horizontal line of still believing that we're the body and that we're making it mean something. The exactly. same as I didn't win at sports, and so I made that mean that I wasn't worthy. And then when I raise my kids, I'm going to make sure they didn't feel that sense of lack, so they're going to all get an award. It's like nothing has actually gone vertical to actually shift how we know ourselves as being beyond the body. And, yeah, and, and still looking outside of yourself to seek that validation yes. instead of looking in and seeing like, oh, well, it's like when I choose to heal from within, then it doesn't matter. And that, that's why I feel like weight loss is like, like, look, if you want to lose weight, look at why it is that you want to lose weight. Do you think it's going to make you happy? Do you think it's you're doing it from a place of like worthiness or validation? And when you work through all that and then you start to come at it from a more neutral standpoint and you're like, oh, well, I just want to feel better in my body, then weight loss isn't bad or good. Again, it just is. It's mm-hmm. not as charged. It's mm-hmm. just like it's something that you're doing to feel like good in your body. That's what is going to work for you. I'm not saying everybody needs to lose weight or that, you know, but it's just like that's another thing that's become so like, you know, it's wrong to do that. And it's like, for some people, it may not be the best for them because like I said, they may be at their healthiest weight or whatever it is. But when you come from it from a new, more neutral standpoint, then like, it doesn't mean anything. You're just letting your body shift as you're doing better things for yourself. Exactly. So. I love that. I love that. I think that is an, definitely an important point to make. And I feel like, okay, so just let me know about like more of your work. I know that you're offering, you offer coaching, right? Or you're yeah, helping so people. I, yeah, so I work a full-time job now, but my my goal is to transition towards um, doing coaching programs. So I'm working on an outline for a coaching program similar to what I was saying earlier on shifting your thoughts, because if you're not aware of your thoughts and how can you start to begin to move 
and shift in other areas of your life. So like recognizing our thoughts and our limiting beliefs on our bodies around food, um, around exercise and like how you're self-sabotaging. So I want to focus on that. And then I want to do a program around like binge emotional eating and recognizing like, you know, do you have food triggers? Are there things like, are you, when are you choosing to binge or emotionally? Why are you doing it? Like, and again, becoming the non-judgmental witness of your behaviors. And then, um, I have like a whole thing on body image as well. Like it, it all comes back to the same concepts. So like, I just have to, sometimes I get overwhelmed because I have so many ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but my goal this year is to launch, you know, a few coaching programs and roll them out mm-hmm. little by little. If someone isn't ready for one-on-one coaching and they want to get a taste for what I have to offer, they can enroll in a coaching course with me. And then if they want more in-depth help around that, um, then they can do one-on-one coaching with me. And this can, they don't have to be like in your geographic location. This can all be done online because it's all, it's all like information and changing the mindset. It's not necessarily in like, we're going to the gym and I'm going to show you how to do this. No, 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 it's not. No, it's not like, I'm not going to be there, like giving you meal plans and telling you go to the gym. Like if you want to do that, do that. But that's like another thing I noticed, like when I joined a gym a few years ago, they were like, oh, well, here's a meal plan and here, do these exercises. But then no one's addressing like mindset and like, what if my mindset isn't at a place where I feel like good enough to do things for myself, then I'm going to self-sabotage and keep repeating the same behaviors over and over again. Because again, I'm looking outside of myself to fix this problem that mm-hmm. I think I have, where I don't think I'm good enough, but I, I want to help women shift their mindset. And when your mindset is right, then that's when the mm-hmm. behavior comes. And again, of course, miracles talks about that. When you shift your, your mindset, then the behavior and the loving actions will follow mm-hmm. instead of and in this world, we do the opposite. We do like, well, let me do all these things mm-hmm. and then I'll feel good enough. And that's not the way that it works. So yeah, it's helping women shift their mindset. Um, and I did go to online nutrition school, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and they did teach us like similar what you were saying earlier is like no one diet diet quote unquote mm-hmm. is right for everyone. And when I say diet, I'm talking about like what it is that you choose to eat. And like, for me, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a hormonal condition. So I do better when I eat less carbs, like to not, mm-hmm. like I do better with more protein and more vegetables and less carbs. And so that's something mm-hmm. that I want to help uh, women with. Cause there's this whole idea of intuitive eating and I agree with it to an extent. And but the thing with intuitive eating is like they, the, one of their principles is you shouldn't want to lose weight. And I believe in like, find like, I believe in mindful eating and finding what works for you. And, you know, if, if there are certain foods that aren't as good for you or don't serve your body, then I believe in learning to work with someone to figure out what it is that's, that's going to help them. So. Yeah. And I think another thing that you had mentioned on one of your podcasts that you, when you did talk about intuitive eating, I think it's like, even if someone would, what, or what was it? it was something about not being able to get addicted to food. And you were like, no, I disagree with that. And I'm thinking, yeah, the yeah. food with chemicals in it is addictive. Exactly. Yeah. So they have this little principle that like, you know, there's no proof that food is an addiction and I'm like, or food is addictive. And I believe that's like two parts because I do believe there are certain foods. Like there are these chips from Trader Joe's. I probably mentioned in that episode that I, I won't buy them because I know that I'll eat the whole bag because there's something about them that makes me want to eat that. I can't get salt and vinegar. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not saying that you're bad or wrong if you choose to do that. But if that's like a behavior and you know that there's certain Mm -hmm. foods that trigger you, because I believe in that there are trigger foods. And sometimes like, I mean, cookie butter is another one for me. I love it. But recently I've been able to notice that I've been able to buy it more and not eat it as quickly because I'm like, like one of the things is like, you know, if you know that you're allowed to have it, then 
it doesn't become as charged as a food for you. But at the same time, I'm like, well, it just tastes really good. So I just want to keep eating more of it. So I believe two parts, like that there are foods that can be more addictive, but I also believe that you can make food into your addiction. Mm -hmm. So like, whereas like, you know, alcohol, people can go to Alcoholics Anonymous and like stop drinking and, you know, not have that as an abusive substance or drugs, food we need to eat to survive. And I do believe that outside of like the whole diet and intuitive eating, there are people, and I know because I was one of them, that would use food as like my drug of choice. And so I do believe food can be addictive or that you choose to make it your addiction. Does that make sense? It's like, it's too far. Right. So. Yeah. And that's, it was interesting to hear what you had to say about the intuitive eating. Cause I, I had only heard it in the sense of like tune into your body and see what your body needs. And more from that perspective of your body is only going to call, call in something that works for it. I wasn't thinking you know, like that's the way that I had understood it. So, and I hadn't gone deep into it at all. No, but, and you're right. I think that is one of definitely part of it. But then I also think, well, what about someone who has struggled with emotional or binge eating? Like, right. and sometimes like, oh, I want to go eat Chick-fil-A. And like, and then like the next day it's like, oh, like, and I feel like the I more think, you, you know, what I think it is, is the difference between intuition and craving. Craving yeah, is not intuition. And so, exactly. But if someone has cravings that are layering over their intuition, that is going to have to be taken care of. Like exactly. understanding, like you're saying, the emotional side that's creating the craving. Yeah, all that would have to be un shed, be shed yeah. to where your intuition could be heard. Right. And sometimes you will have the craving because maybe you've been denying yourself. Something. Like I love going to Chick-fil-A, but then like I notice the more I eat junk type food, then I, the more I get into this pattern, I'm like, oh, well, it's okay. Like, I love myself. I'm just going to eat whatever. And like, that doesn't serve me. So I have to be super aware and like, no, like, okay, I'm going to have this and enjoy it. And it's going to be a treat, not mm -hmm. a cheat, it's a treat, but, and like, and then move on and go back to eating my healthy way. Because like, like if I'm constantly eating junk food, like you're going to start craving more of mm -hmm. that kind of food. And like, the more you eat the healthier food, the more like the other foods seem like less enticing. You're just like, ah, eh, like whatever, like it doesn't really matter. So I feel like, yeah, you're right. Like there is the, in, like the intuitive eating. Cause like I, I see children who will like eat, they know when to stop eating and they know when to, mm -hmm. you know, what they want, but like we also feed them and like we, we, we decide what to feed them. And then we lose that as we grow up. So it's like tuning back. So there are some principles of intuitive eating that I agree with, but I, like kind of have my own method of like mm -hmm. mindful eating. And before I heard anything about intuitive eating, again, this came from A Course in Miracles. I I came up with this whole idea of like, okay, well, are you choosing the love from the food from a place of love or are you choosing it from a place of fear? And like, if you want a cupcake, are you doing it because you feel like you hate yourself and you just like are in a, mm. having a bad day? You're just like, want to binge and like, you're just like, I, I don't feel good. Like F this, I'm just going to eat this cupcake mm -hmm. and then like you feel really sick or whatever it is. Or you're like, you know what? I just really want a cupcake today and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to move on with my day. Like there's a very big difference. Yes. Like, yes, it's food, but where's your mindset when you're choosing mm -hmm. to eat that food? So that's, that's like what I call my more mindful yeah. eating and like really digging deep and seeing like, what is the, not that you have to like sit there and overanalyze your food all the time, but if you're like learning how to heal from all these addictive behaviors and all these self-sabotaging things that you've done to yourself, like for a long time, mm -hmm. it's becoming aware of our behaviors. Like I was saying earlier and like really digging deep and seeing like what's going on underneath the surface. Yeah. I think that work is so needed. And then once someone has uncovered it and understands themselves well enough, themselves well enough to create whatever habits work for them. For instance, 
I know that you say, once you figured out what works for you, well, then you know, like, well, meal prep is going to work for me, or I'm going to sign up for a class or, you know, whatever it is that works for right. you without having the noise of the, of the, the group of people that say, ah, that's not right. That's a, yeah. you know, a <laughs> diet thing or an anti-diet thing. I think it's so important to like get below the noise so that you can really know yourself. And then also you can really understand your truer desires because like, then you can make a decision like, I'm, you know, like you, you're not making a decision out of restriction at a certain point. You're making it just because that's the desire that you have for yourself, like a true desire to eat well or to, yeah. you know, like for me, I've done this for a long time. I just don't eat sweets for like a month. And then I have a weekend where I eat all sweets and it's just like, I don't care. I'm not in a restrictive place. I just make that decision right. and I just operate within that you're decision. You're aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no big deal. I don't even care if it lines up with what this group thinks or that group thinks, you know, right, it's just exactly. like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, even as I'm hearing you talk, like the other day, my mom was like, oh, do you want some of this uh, fried rice? And I was like, no, like, I don't want to eat too much rice. And she's like, don't punish yourself. And I'm like, it's not about punishing myself. I'm like, I, I want to feel good. And I know if I eat too much of this, like, I'm not going to feel good. So mm -hmm. it's like, I think that's also an awareness because like you will hear from the other extreme being like, look, who cares? Like, again, just like eat it. But I think it's also important to know like what's going to serve your body best. Mm -hmm. And like, and, and also being aware, like, okay, I'm going to eat this and maybe I'm not going to feel good after, but that's okay. Like that's a choice that I'm making. And then I'm going to move on with my day and I'm going to enjoy it. And that's it, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I love this. I love the, everything that you're putting into this work. I love that you've studied A Course in Miracles and that that's a major component of it. Because that's that's my heart right there. That's the the foundation for from what I would reference as my my spiritual awakening slash view of the world, if you will. <laughs> and um, I think that just everything around worthiness is so needed. And I think that your understanding of like addiction and like food around food and around all of that stuff is just bringing such a nice, strong expertise to helping so many people that don't know where to begin or have gotten caught in one of these extremes and just need someone like you to kind of pull them out and pull them back into themselves. I really think you're pointing people back to themselves through, through the work that you're doing. And that's, what's going to create sovereignty within each person to then be able to set up what works for them. And, and it's going to permeate into other areas of their life as well. Like your niche is this particular area with relationship to self body and food and exercise. But then that just spreads out into every other area that they yeah. want to apply it to, which is like, so, so beautiful. So I don't know if you have like some parting words or thoughts or anything else that you want, wanted to share that maybe I didn't get to, or that got left on the table that would be worth, worth adding, but just to underscore the work that you're doing or the message that you have to share. If you, here's your little megaphone to like <laughs> say what you would love for people to know. Like if you could just give them one message from, from your work that you hope they take with them. I think it's just to remember that like you are inherently worthy no matter what and to choose to treat yourself with love and kindness it can feel hard at times and you may feel like why is this hatred that you feel for yourself but it's like the self-hatred hasn't served you so what would happen if you started to shift your mindset and allowed yourself to do more loving kind things for yourself and to remember like you wouldn't treat your best friend or your family the way that you, we often treat ourselves and to just be aware of like what are the things that we're thinking about ourselves and how do we attack ourselves without even realizing 
And how can we start to choose to shift our mindset around these attack thoughts to more loving thoughts? And again, it's a practice, but just to become more aware in your day-to-day life, like, because that's like where the true self-love begins. It's not in like focusing on like, again, like how your body looks or anything like that. It's like choosing to change your language and dialogue towards yourself. And that's where like the, the love will start. And then like your behaviors will start to shift yeah. towards more loving things. And like you were saying, it extends to other areas of your life. Um, and yeah, and just, just to be more loving. I love that. And and I love that you you made the point that it is that inner dialogue because that's all I was thinking when I was hearing these different, like the diet culture and the anti-diet culture was just a mass amplification of people's inner dialogues that hadn't been healed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. that's all it is. Well, that's it is in every polarized situation. It's just yes. people's amplified, unhealed thoughts that's coming as like that negative talk that's in their head. And then it's coming out in this like... Con- group consensus projection for a particular situation so so yes thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for the work that you're doing thank you for everything you've applied to your own journey and then for being willing to turn around and offer that to others i think you're such a light in the world for what you're doing for your journey and just for your energy and people check out her podcast follow her on instagram probably facebook too Uh, (laughs) i just know you from instagram and um definitely jump into your world and i will link it all up in the show notes so again thank you so much thank you this was so amazing i had so much fun and i love chatting with you the music on the podcast is a song i fell in love with called we are the love we give by imaginary future it's available everywhere music is sold